Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 57 of Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. I am your host, Jeremy Vilmer, and joining us now, the star of the show, Bobby Blaze. What's happening, Bobby? Hey, Professor, what do you know? What do you say? All I can say is I hope you can hear me loud and clear today, man. It's good to be back here once again, and uh, I hope you caught the reference there, and I'll let you tell the people what happened last week, but hey, this is going to be a fun episode, man. We got a fun episode coming up, folks. It Tell them what happened. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was certainly fun the first time we recorded it. Yes. Yeah. So last week, you know, everybody who regularly listens notices there was no show last week on, you know, the, uh, what would that be? The 7th of October. And that is because as we recorded and had a great episode, Bobby's voice did not record. And it turned out that my recording software was one update behind. And that's probably why it happened. So here we are. We're going to do it again. And, and what are we talking about again this time, Bobby? The top 10 technical wrestlers of all time, man. That's what we're going to talk about. And we've got some honorable mentions in there as well. It should be another fun episode. I hope we had the same energy as we did last week. But it, we do have a great, great top uh, 10. And we also have got some other stuff that we talked about that's uh, changed in the wrestling business since last week. We've got a couple more things to talk about, too. So that's a good thing. I know we did a shout out, and I have no idea where that tweet was at, for our top 10 wrestlers for the one shout out. If you recall that, a guy had turned in all the, uh, the guys that probably have wasn't very technical wrestlers, let's just say that. It was, it was Brian and, uh, Plant. And, yeah. Yes, yes. That was pretty funny. I don't have it in front of me, but anyway. Brian, thank you. That was pretty damn good. Sorry I don't have the tweet to read. I had it last week, and I did read it. Yeah. That's my one shout-out here during the intro. Oh, here here um, it is. Here it is. Hold on. Yeah, okay. It's, How about Brody reading that? All right. It's Zeus, Warlord, Road Warriors, Barbarian, Brody, Abdullah, El Gigante, Loch Ness, Giant Silva, and the Great Khali. <laughs> Uh, good rib there, man. Good yeah. rib. Appreciate that very hey. much. Brian, thank you for that list. That's a, a pretty good rib there. Appreciate it very much. Uh, having fun with it. Um, someone, I think someone tried to say, hey, some of them guys could work or something. Did you come back with, I see something shiny. <laughs> and I was like getting ready to go to bed. And I was like, what What the hell does he mean? And I got up, took about two steps. And I was like, oh, okay, I got it. <laughs> yeah. He's looking for, or he sees something shiny. I was like, okay. But you caught on, but someone else didn't. I caught on. It was pretty good. Pretty good. Yep. Uh, well, that's, you know, I try to avoid letting, because um, one of the other groups I run on Facebook, we had a whole political argument break out about a week ago, and I had to ban seven people. I try not oh. to let shit get contentious anywhere, you know? Yeah. I just, you know, seeing something like that, I'm throwing a distraction and running for the goddamn hills. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, that's crazy <laughs> going on arguing with people. And- yep. That's just, yeah, I don't do that either. Too crazy. Life's too short to worry about that stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're talking about, I'm going to talk about our, um, our uh, Amazon Prime, if you don't care, real quick. I know you like your Prime. I'll let you read the ad. If you want to try Prime for 30 days free, you can use our tinyurl.com backslash BB try Prime link. Uh, the show gets a little bit of kickback out of that, and we appreciate you out there uh, showing a little bit of support for the show. And it's really a tremendous offer because free to you at, at no risk 30 days and uh, you might actually find something you really do like dreaming wise or music wise i use it uh, i like it a lot because uh, i get uh, two-day shipping i get free shipping on things and i mentioned a couple weeks back uh, i even got a couple of things next day shipping one day shipping i'll let the professor here tell you why you should try tinyurl.com backslash bb try prime 
Well, you should try it because you get it free for 30 days. That's, I mean, that's a big one right there. Uh, you should try it because they have great television shows and movies that come free with it. I can always find something to watch when I need to. Also, one of my favorite series in the world is only available on there. It's called Corner Gas. It's from Canada. Great show. Stuff like this. Like, so Bobby, you know, me and, me and my wife split up earlier this year and I moved out. And I'm still finding out what stuff didn't make the transition, right? So I go to trim my uh, my goatee the other night, and my beard trimmer is dead, and I can't find the charging cable. I jump on Amazon, punch it up, eight bucks. It was here the next day. Nice. You know. Nice. And now my goatee is freshly uh, freshly trimmed, and I look like a million dollars, all thanks to Amazon there you Prime. Go. Yeah. There you go. You can bring a nice lady over to. Uh... Mm-hmm. Give her a little mustache goatee ride if you want back her on a futon. That, yeah, well, I was just going to say, you know, and if you, if you move, your old lady kicks you out and you don't have a place to sleep, you can buy a futon just like I do. <laughs> oh, man, that's harsh. That's harsh, man. Oh, man. Melinda? <laughs> Melanie? <laughs> Who's feet, back here? Yeah, get your feet off the coffee table. That's right, man. Damn, that's right. Okay, well, you want to jump into this episode this week, man? We have any more. Oh, we got a couple more things we want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Think, well, you know what? Have let's, my notes. Yeah, let's, so we don't forget it. Let's talk yes. about how when uh how how wrestling blew up two weeks ago with the premiere of aew which was a pretty phenomenal show premiere of this is the one i really liked and we haven't even talked about it yet nwa power premiered at that 605 eastern on uh youtube tuesday night yeah tuesday night youtube facebook everywhere i did get together with my little brother to watch that the wwe got put is going to fox and their ratings suck and fox is already not happy so they're probably going to have to either improve their product or be canceled like a regular TV show. Yeah. And this is where treating your wrestling like it's not wrestling is a problem for fans of wrestling. But yeah. uh, Bobby, what was your impression of these uh, these turns of events? Well, I was happy that we kind of got a little windy night, Wednesday night war going with the NXT and AEW. And I didn't watch either, to be honest with you. I did, you know, I try to follow them both online, being the mark I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the SmackDown, I, I watched uh, parts of it this past Friday. I know that Hell in a Cell ended in a disqualification, and that was pretty crappy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I read all that. So I, I think there's a lot of WWE fans out there right now. I was very, very disappointed. The uh, the product I saw on Fox, you know, all the graphics and, and the production, of course, we've talked about that before. We're great because I did catch the two matches this week, actually, and uh, Charlotte Flair was in a match. Anyway, yeah, but to treat it like a TV show or television program or what have you, I, I didn't like the way they did the draft and this and that. But again, I'm not a fan of that product. But the best thing I've seen in years, years, man, I, I watched at 6.05 on Tuesday, I watched NWA Power, and I absolutely fucking loved it. I loved it. I'm looking forward. It left me wanting to watch another hour. I was waiting for the 6.05 to go to the 7.05, and when the 7.05 hit, I was waiting for it to go to 8.05. One more episode. You know, I'm going to watch it again this week. It was just something that's that's missing in wrestling today, and I liked the studio wrestling. And I know a lot of young guys out there, if you're listening right now, that's where I try to get my butt to, to get on that TV program with them tapings in the future. Same thing with AEW. Uh, get out there and market yourself and, and get yourself over and, and get on some of them programs, man, because they're, they're both going to be okay places to work at, and it could lead to, you know, 
even a bigger contract somewhere else or overseas work because you're seen on TV. But I love the NWA power myself. That was my favorite. That was great. I really enjoyed that. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep some criticism to myself because it's an unfair critique for me to make. I was really hoping Tim Storm was going to pull out a, rent, a win for personal reasons that Bobby and I have talked about off the air, but he did not, and now he can never hold the NWA title again, which is a bummer. I loved the feel of that room. It was like the old NWA yes. show, but bigger. It had more bleachers. Yep. I miss that, the old school single camera pointing towards the ring and the crowd feel. And I think I think one of the Marquezes who runs Championship Wrestling from Hollywood is doing some of the production stuff, but it uh, it feels like an old school TBS wrestling broadcast. Yeah, big time, big time. I enjoyed it, man. Thought they had some really talented guys there. I thought there were a couple guys that just uh, went out there and treated it as such mm-hmm. the professional wrestling business. You know what I'm saying? Yep. They they really I don't think the words played, but played to that. You know, they marketed to that when they come out there and they done interviews after a match or prior to a match at the podium or at the announcer's table. Not too much up into the crowd, but just enough that you know, hey. There looks like a show. Look at the fans that are here. You know, like you said, the, the bleachers, a little bit bigger production out of way. Um, the cameras. Uh, I thought the one thing they don't catch sometimes on some of the other shows is, is you know, if you don't know how to do a camera and there, there's a guy being body slammed and some, something's happening outside the ring and they miss both of them because they're showing a, a turnbuckle somewhere. Right. I thought everything was spot on as far as the camera work goes. Was When someone was, when there was action in the ring, the camera was on the action in the ring. Well, when it was reversals or slams or anything like that. And uh, the other thing I liked, not a lot of flippity floppity stuff, but just some good solid. And it's nothing against the guys that are athletic enough to do the good flippity floppity stuff and that. But, but the stuff I saw, I really liked because it was a good, happy medium of, of flying and, and, and mat wrestling and, and working in out submissions and, and counters and just things that miss to me is missing in pro wrestling. And I don't feel like anyone, and I don't know what kind of time the guys had per match, but I'll say this. It didn't look like anyone rushed anyone. They, they took their time and they worked through that particular match. They worked it out. You know, of course, they, they've got their own. Uh, I was surprised to see the little uh, ads in between because I, I wasn't expecting it, but there was nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying I didn't know they was going to take that kind of a break. I didn't know what they was going to do. Mm-hmm. I even thought that was pretty cool how they did that, you know. But uh, the people came up against those um, breaks or whatever. It, I thought that all the transition was really, really smooth, you know. I really did. Uh, my hat's off to the whole NWA and that whole group of guys that worked at a set of tapings, and I'm looking forward to this week's set. Yeah, and you know, uh, there's there's a couple things I noticed about both AEW and NWA that I would just want to point out. And this is built off that thing that I brought up last year where there was that kid who talked about how he was a WWE fan, not a wrestling fan, and then you and, yeah. I, you and I are wrestling <laughs> fans, not WWE fans. The way these shows started... They are wrestling shows. Within five minutes in both shows, you're in the ring. Yeah. You're in the ring watching. You know, here's a novel concept, watching wrestling. (laughs) Also, I like that. Yeah. Also, Bobby, did you notice that their tag teams are actual tag teams and not just people they put together? Yes, I like that as well. Yeah. I like that as well. To me, man, I'm I'm, again, it, it left me wanting more. And hopefully this week we'll get some more and we'll continue to grow that product. Man, I'm, I'm really pleased with it. Um, that was my highlight of the week uh, as far as wrestling goes, I thought, because it was just – I just enjoyed the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was good. Now, so far on AEW, I've only seen the first and last match. 
of the first show, but I was impressed. They also, I mean, I think this was a big deal. They, I don't know about week two, but week one, they almost doubled NXT's ratings for that night. NXT wow. was like 800-something thousand, and they were almost a million and a half. Something right there. And look, my brother's been telling me for years that if I want to see wrestling to watch NXT, I just don't want to spend money with a McMahon-owned property, you know? <laughs> okay. But I, I understand that NXT is a good fucking show with good Oh, absolutely. Good the shows rep, I have yeah. watched, I've watched the Takeovers for. I've watched a couple of them, and I've really enjoyed them. They've got some top talented guys and girls there. Um, I just haven't watched the last last couple of weeks but um yeah so i think that says something that for the talent that's out there between those two just AEW and nxt the thing about that is um i think they're going to start feeling the pressure of you know what there's competition again mm-hmm. let's make our matches better you know well yeah everyone and always tries to do what the wwe does and and what you just now said if you come out there and talk for 20 minutes and then you have a two-minute match or whatever you don't copy it do your own damn thing and it might just work and that's what the nwa is doing mm-hmm. so hopefully AEW, when they're coming out talking for two or three minutes hitting the ring within five minutes you're watching wrestling the WWE sees that and sees that competition. Hey, maybe they'll start doing their thing that way too. I don't know. You know. Yeah, but what was funny is my little brother. When I asked him about the AEW show, he goes, "It's nice to have WCW back." <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good, man. Yeah. It's good. And a shout out to Cornette, man. Done a hell of a job. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Let's uh, you know before we move on, let's let's talk about that real quick. Um, Tony Schiavone has not lost a beat. Okay. Uh, he is doing a great job calling calling matches. Still has a voice I'm jealous of. <laughs> Jim Cornette has forgotten more about wrestling today than anybody else will ever know. So I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you want to put somebody on a mic who knows what they're talking about. That's that's the guy you go after. Um, I think it's awesome that Billy Corgan got him because I didn't think you'd ever see uh, Jim Cornette within ten feet of a wrestling ring ever again. Yeah, well, I'm glad he's back uh, doing that, and I hope he continues to stay, stick with him for the next few months or years or what have you, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not sure what his contract obligations are, you know, but but I thought he'd done a really good job, and it gave it that old-school feeling. Again, uh, like you said about Tony, you've got a voice you recognize, you know, and uh, as someone you actually probably enjoy uh, seeing and hearing every week, you know, yep. so... Uh, Anyway, good deal. Good deal. So Tony Schiavone and Jim Cornette, hats off, man. Yeah, they're doing a great job. Yeah. We can't have Sully and Lawrence back, but we can keep them for a while. So There you go. There you go, man. All right, Bobby, let's get moving on. We're going to talk about the top 10 technical wrestlers of all time. But before we get started, let's cover some shout-outs and honorable mentions. I mentioned that shout-out earlier to Brian. Mm -hmm. Um, I I had another shout-out. I can't remember who it was, to be honest with you. Someone wrote... uh, I was on, first of all, yeah, I'll give you two shout outs. I was on, um, booking the territory last week, uh, at the, where I won the Smoky Mike Heavyweight title. So I want to say hello to Mike and Doc. Harper was off, but hey, it was good to interview with Mike. Had a real good time. That come across really good. I can't remember the guy wrote in and said that, uh, uh it was one of these parody count accounts on Twitter, but he said, yeah, Bobby walks in the back and sees, uh, says, uh, hey guys, 
Guess what? Sees Buddy Landell and a couple other people and says, you're doing a job tonight. Oh, that means you too, Lawler. And then he said, then Bobby <laughs> proceeds to go out to the ring, smacks her. Well, it was really funny. And it says, true story, of course. I, I cracked up. I can't remember who the guy was, but it was off the BT, uh, T, uh, Book in the Territory podcast uh, on one of the links there. Then also, let me give another shout out, Tim and Nate over at Wide Men Can't Jump. We had a really fun time. I did their 100th episode. Tim broke out, so we did a little bit of this and that, and then Tim broke got the fuck kill uh fuck marry kill deal jeremy you were mentioned in one of them uh you and tex and someone else i had to fuck one marry one and kill one oh, uh we had fun with it he had a couple other ones jerry the king lawler casey king and uh I mean, it was, we had a really good time he had some weird list man i'll say that we was cr- i was cracking up I, I i couldn't keep track of uh nate and i played it and then some of them he went first it was 10 of them and they got weirder and weirder but uh anyway i thank those two podcasts for having me. I will be coming up on a Robin Slim show here uh, next week, uh, live next Wednesday. So by the time you hear this, you'll hear me again. I think Actually, I'm sorry, that's two weeks from today. I'm doing the uh, Wide Men Camp Jumps, going to do a special for their um, uh, shit, what, a Patreon account coming up pretty soon, too. So we got some good stuff that way. So hats off to those guys. Uh, that's my shout-outs, Jeremy. Oh, that's no, those are all good. Um, yeah. You know, I don't have any shout-outs this week because, again, we've got a severe case of deja vu going here. And if I did have them before, I've forgotten what they were. So, you know, I'm just going to follow up with you and give, you know, the same, you know, shout-out to the wide man. Thank you for being as supportive of us as you have been. And to Mike Mills and the boys back at Booking the Territory, always a great show. And, uh, you know, Robin Slim, you know, don't don't fuck with my broadcast partner this time, and I won't have to come on your show (laughs) and fuck with you right in person. So, you know. There you go. All right, let's go to honorable mentions. Okay, well, my first honorable mention, again, look, here's our top ten guys and girls out there. Um, So any of these my honorable mentions, any of them could be in a top ten against technical wrestlers. I'm just going to throw out one. Vern Gagne is going to be my first one for an honorable mention. So what can happen to that list if you got Vern in the fucking honorable mentions, yeah. you know? Hey, Vern, so, yeah. Vern was a great wrestler, and you yes. got to remember that part of Vern's doom was the shows he wanted to promote were going to be based on technical wrestling skill and making every match look as legitimate as possible. And during the 80s, that was what went out of favor, and the Hulk Hogan cartoony shit became what was wanted. Um, so Vern is in the honorable mentions. This is going to be a tough nut to crack. Yeah, yeah. You want to give another one? You want me to do all three of mine first? Go However ahead. you want to do it. Yeah, go ahead and do your okay. three. Okay. Yeah. So next, Vern, of course, AWA, World Headweight Champion. He had a tremendous uh, amateur background, Olympian, et cetera. Uh, you an Olympian wrestler. Uh, legit. Luthez, man, legit. NWA, World Headweight Champion, you know. Um, he's going to be my second honorable mention. I have nothing but respect for, for Lou. You know, great champion that he was. My list went somewhere else when we started doing our top ten. And then this one here, I had a tough time between this one and someone that actually I did put on a list. I have nothing but respect for this man and his family. Another NWA uh, champion, Dory Funk Jr. I put Jr. on my honorable mention list, and I put another NWA champion uh, during his time period uh, on my top ten list. Uh, Vern Gagne, Luthas, and Dory Funk Jr. because those a lot of this business was built on those guys' backs. Literally, you know, literally, literally on their backs, man, and with technical wrestling skills, you know, and believing in real making it into, you know, the professional style that we all grew up loving. Those guys really, you know, 
they, you know, they was out there on that, uh, driving two lane roads back in the day and, and making towns and doing, you know, 60 minute matches every night, you know, 30 to 60 minutes and, and putting on clinics, wrestling clinics. So, uh, that's my, my small audible mentions right there. No, those were all good ones. I'm going to do Thank mine you. now. Yeah, those are all okay. good. And if those three are honorable mentions, yeah, tough nut to crack to get in this top 10. <laughs> Let's go with my list in no particular order. I'm going to start with Kenny Omega. Oh, this wow, is gonna really? Be, okay. yep, this is going to be controversial, but here's the thing. Forget about him having wrestled blow-up dolls and little girls and just watch his matches. Go watch him with Okada in those two one-hour matches. He's a hell of a wrestler if you if you can get past the Jim Cornette arguments. He's a hell of go. a wrestler. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, I've seen a couple of his matches. I, I think I've watched three or four uh, when they have that uh, uh, kingdom. What's it called? Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah, Wrestling, Wrestling Kingdom. Kingdom. And I rest, I saw him uh, wrestle a couple of different guys that I know you may or may not mention. but uh, So I won't tell you who I want. But I, but I thought, man, he's a tremendous athlete, tremendous shape, and he looked good doing everything. It's not my cup of tea, but I'm not going to shit on a guy because he figured it out man how to how to get himself over and, and more power to him mm-hmm. and uh, hey i'm glad you got him on your list man yep. i'm surprised but hey well i'm gonna try to keep surprising people as we go here i'm gonna go with jerry lynn mm, good wrestler yes hell of a wrestler and yes, for, outside of his ecw run forgotten about way too often yeah yeah he, he could wrestle guys he could work too yeah um very good yes no jerry, jerry lynn Jerry Lynn was a hell of a wrestler, and he just gets forgotten for some damn yeah. reason or another, you know? I am also going to go with the phenomenal AJ Styles. Good choice, yes. That's who I saw Kenny Omega wrestle a couple times, actually. I wasn't going to mention it because I think you had mentioned AJ last week, so I was trying not to spoil it for anyone. But, yeah, I, AJ's just that, phenomenal, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, hell, that um, the Impact or TNA or whatever, hell, he was there for those years. He was the best thing going for a long yep. time just with just that company, man, you know? Uh, yeah, nothing but love and respect for AJ, man. Tremendous uh, wrestler and, and uh, talent, truly talented wrestler. Oh, he was, yeah, uh, it, even today, I mean, he's, what, 45 years old now, and, yeah, he's a little bit slower than he was when he was, say, 30, but not a lot. I mean, he's still got the moves down, you know. He's still yeah. with, like a million bucks in the ring. And I actually saw him uh, wrestling on what might have been the other day when I was watching. I, I can't remember what it, he was with the uh, uh, Bullet Club with uh, Anderson and um, uh, what's his name out there, Uh I can't remember his working though. Shit, I know I saw it. I saw him just the other day. So I, I might have been on SmackDown, I guess. I can't remember. I did see him. And I tell you what, I don't know if he's lost a step or not. He looked great. Yeah, no, he he looks fantastic in the ring. I mean, he still looks great. And, of course, this being a redo episode, this one's going to lose some of the, the awesomeness of when we first recorded. But <laughs> I'm also going to go with my co-host, Bobby Blaze. Train. Oh, well, Train. I was flattered last yeah. week, so I knew it was coming this week, so I, I can't react like I did last week, but I just want to say this. I'm honored that you would even consider putting me on a list, so thank you. Well, yeah, I'm trained by the Malenkos. Uh, Jim Coronette sings your fucking praises, and he was going to put you in the hooker's position in his own wrestling company. You can't do that unless you can wrestle, and there yeah. you go. You know, well, thank you very yeah. much. That's more than kind. I, I'm honored. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah, but there's our honorable mentions, man. Guys, we will probably leave off your favorite and, um, you know, go ahead. And if you're listening on the podcast, uh, hate us on Twitter and Facebook and all our regular places. If this is on YouTube, <laughs> leave a comment down below here and uh, yeah. uh, I'll get to you eventually. Yeah, on that YouTube, let me just throw this out there. Go to tinyurl.com backslash BBBB video. Like it. 
comment. Hey, I know when I get a good comment, uh, Jeremy here or uh, Tex will send me one. I appreciate it. Tex, keep up the good work uh, out there uh, in the boiler, down there in the boiler room. Uh, shout out. Out to Miss Sheila. Hope she gets well, by the way, just to let you know. But yeah, go to tinyurl.com backslash BBBB video and uh, like, share, comment, and please subscribe. We're just getting close to 7,000 subscribers. It's going to be uh, here in the next few weeks. There should be some more videos up. I know we're working on the top uh, 10 football players that become professional wrestlers, but there's a legitimate badasses list out there. There's a leg- uh, the managers list out there. All the women that we wanted to be our Valentines in a really respectful ways out there. If you haven't, go ahead and give it a, a a like and a, and a retweet or a, a share and a subscribe to our YouTube channel. So there you go. I got that one out of the way, Jeremy. I know I jumped ahead of notes, but you was talking about YouTube. So no, that was, that was a good time to do it. Well, let's get rolling here. Let's yep. go with number 10, Bob Backlund. Ooh, good one. Yeah. WWW or WWF champion uh, uh, back in the day, but a legitimate amateur wrestler uh, out of Minnesota, uh, AAU, and uh, man, just always took such good care of himself and was that baby face. I know it's kind of like I said, guys, we're doing a redo, so it's kind of hard to not. Uh, I'm not trying to not sound as enthusiastic as it was last week. It's one of the things where we discussed. Um, how big a baby face he was and he had worked all these different areas and one of them being he had been down in Florida and I think you're going to talk about Kansas City if I'm not mistaken that was the other place I think you told me but down in Florida I guess uh, Vince Senior wanted a good baby face to come up there against Graham and uh, I guess it's going to be between Steve Kern and, and Bob Backlund that's the story I heard and they, they took Backlund up there um, and I know Kern was really over down there in Florida and they, each of their careers worked out the, the way it did for the best but I know he worked a lot of different places and he was a really always a good baby Face. He worked all over the place. I believe he started with the AWA because he was trained by Eddie Sharkey, and Eddie <laughs> Eddie's students pretty much went to the AWA, typically. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to point out, because this will become a repeated uh, thing, born in Minnesota, okay, NCAA yep. champion, trained with Eddie yep. Sharkey, joined the AWA. He went on after leaving the AWA to wrestle the NWA, and he beat uh, Dory Funk, uh, was B- Terry Funk for the Western yeah. States title, which was their primary championship in the Funk territory. Yeah. Uh, he then went over to uh, GCW and he teamed with Jerry Briscoe for the tag team championships. And then he went over into uh, championship wrestling from Florida, where I believe he won a um, singles title and tag title there. And it was shortly after that he went back and uh, defeated Harley Race for the Missouri Heavyweight Championship yeah. in 76. Uh, and sometime we're going to have to cover the Omaha, Missouri, and some of those weird heavyweight titles that we don't really talk about anymore. Yeah. Because in the, in their day, they were a big deal, you know. Yeah. We talked about how those were stepping stones um, to, the, to, the, to the NWA title or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that Missouri State title. We I didn't realize that to, to when Harley Race passed away, and I listened to several other podcasts about it. When you hold that title, it, it you know, it, Obviously, it meant something to everyone to help, you know, holds it. But also, the prestige of it is they're lining you up for something bigger. Yeah. And I, I love the way it works. We've talked about titles before. We've talked about how that intercontinental title, you know, should set you up or set you up for the, the main title, you know, yep. different things like that. So, anyway, that's good stuff to know about Bob Backlund. That's yeah. good, man. And that was, and then, you know, just his in ring ability was outstanding. Yeah. Well, and obviously, yeah. he, was, he was a champion, legit wrestler. 
And then, you know, he was a high enough quality that everywhere he went, he was put into a championship scene pretty much immediately. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's just a hell of a wrestler. Okay, this next one, number nine, he comes from wrestling, family wrestling background, uh, from amateur all the way up to professional. And uh, I'll put this on here. Tech said this, quote, my favorite guy from blending chain wrestling with high spots and sound psychology, so it all made sense and didn't look choreographed or staged. And that is... Eddie Guerrero, and I love what Tech said because I actually got to wrestle with Eddie Guerrero several times. And uh, what do you think about that pick there? And I'll tell you a story about wrestling Eddie. Well, anybody with the last name Guerrero could technically be on this list. Uh, it was Mondo Guerrero that Gene LaBelle used in his uh, Pro Wrestling yes. Finishing Hold book. Um, and for people who aren't like students uh, of pro wrestling or not from Southern California or that um, – you know, southwestern part of the country may not know the other Guerreros, but for those of us from these uh, backgrounds, <clears throat> that Guerrero name's been around longer than I've been alive. So, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so, Eddie Guerrero, I mean, obviously the one to make it biggest out of those guys, um, you know, world champion, um, a hell of an in-ring performer. Um, yep. I mean, just whether he was on the mat or off his feet, you know, in the air, just technically as sound as you can get. Yep. And I got to work with Eddie. I worked with him and uh, we wrestled each other in Erie, Pennsylvania. And I remember it because it was cold as a horse hard outside and had about three foot of snow. And I drove in from like Buffalo or somewhere. It's one of those, you know, memories you have. And um, man, you know, Eddie, I saw my name on the board of Eddie and, and I'd, you know, I had seen Eddie around, talked to him, uh, you know, he's friend with Malenko and, and a couple other guys. And, uh, so I always talked to him, always courteous, always professional. I actually had met him prior to going to WCW. He was already there and went, I went to dinner with him and Dean Malenko one night uh, after a show just because I happened to, to go to the show and was talking about getting a tryout. But nonetheless, uh, we got basically in the back. He said, you know what? Uh, they take you in the back and they say, make it 50 50, you know, in the war room or make it 60 30 or, you know, if the guy's just going to do a flat out, just eat you up or whatever but eddie was like we come out of a room and eddie was like hey bobby you know here's the thing he said my dad told me if i don't you know i, I learned this business you know from my dad and you know if i got there and just beat you up i beat no one he says so let's have a good match have a competitive match and uh basically i knew that his you know finish was the, the frog splash and other than that man we didn't <laughs> i went my way he went his way and next thing i know i'm going out to the ring he comes out to the ring and we start and and that was that it was and it, he gave me so much back and forth uh we just knew how to work wrestle and he's so light in the ring it's unbelievable how light and smooth he is and wrestling we just it, we just worked man it was so beautiful and it looked like uh that I was going to win. I mean, you know, until I missed whatever, however that went down, and he beat me up the frog splash. And it's just one of those things, just an honor to be in the ring with him. And I wrestled another time in Sarasota, Florida, just the opposite because it's down there. It was hot, you know, and I was in the summer. They was getting ready to leave, I think. It was, they was, they was starting up the friction stuff. And he come out and he said, Bobby, just beat me up tonight. Just stay on me. And so uh, I worked a little bit different style. Didn't, you know, obviously not beating him up stiff or anything like that. But he just gave me a lot more of a match. And I just carried the match, and he did every little thing, you know, nothing choreographed. We just worked, put myself in position for the frog splash, and that's that. Always a smile on his face and always a kind word, always thanked me. Um, and he, he did that to a lot of boys. He always treated, you know, everyone very, very fair. And uh, I just really was glad to have shared the ring with Eddie Guerrero, and that's why he makes this list. He's he's so smooth and technical, and just blending it all together, man. It didn't have to look like it's choreographed, so it, just that good. So that, that's that's number nine, Eddie Guerrero. 
You know, normally we would have put a spot in here for the uh, tiny URL for BB Video, which I just did again. So go check yeah. out our videos on YouTube. You know, Bobby, I was going to say, I'm trying to get some voiceover work off of Fiverr these days. And I just had an idea, and I'm going to run this past you and see what you think. Say, like, you got some guy who's working the indie scene, right? Some wrestler. I'm sure they have to put together some kind of sizzle reel to send out to promoters to see if they can go work for them, right? Oh, yes. Guys, if you've got like a five or ten minute match and you want me to voice over the color or play-by-play or something on it, hit me up on Fiverr. I'll do it for five bucks. Five or ten minutes. You just tell me what you want. How's that sound? That's a great idea, man. Some of them guys out there could use that. Yeah. I told several of these guys around here, get you a DVD, to get, get some pictures, and get a good little DVD together, about five to seven minutes, and send it off to the NWA and send it off to AEW. And uh, there's one guy around here that's uh, the WWE. He worked for him in uh, summer uh, up in Cincinnati, actually. They've got his name, and he's when they come back around, he'll probably get used again. And that's Chase Armstrong. I'll give him a shout-out there. So, yeah, get your stuff together. Get you a professional user. Jeremy, the professor, has got a great voice here. I know he's working on the uh, the West Texas State football uh, program for us for our YouTube channel. You hear his voice every here every week. If you're out there, guys, get Jeremy to do some background for you, the voiceover. Just get a hold of him on Fiverr. How did he reach you on that for that $5 price, Jeremy, which is a tremendous price, folks. Okay, just go to Jeremy Vilmer. I know I'm on Fiverr, Bobby Blaze 744. And what I do is I send out tweets for you. If you got a wrestling promotion, if you got a business, if you want something, you know, I've got like 160,000, uh, you know, real and active, uh, tweet, Twitter followers. And I tweet a lot about professional wrestling and a lot about books. But uh, I just do it for five dollars, and I'll do that for uh, three days, really. So you're you're getting three to five tweets. Three to five, uh, three days. So you get between three to fifteen tweets uh, resent every day. And if you get a hold of me at Bobby Blaze seven forty four on Fiber, uh, I'm also at Bobby Blaze seven forty four on Twitter. Jeremy on Fiber, he's gonna give you his link in just a second. But his his name is Jeremy Filmer, of course. But on uh, uh, Twitter, he's under the Geekish Cast. And then also on the, the Twitter, you can get a hold of us on a joint account at Bell to Bell Blaze. And then um, you get a hold of us there, you know, like, comment, share, subscribe, all those fun things, man. Uh, you got that link, Jeremy, or well, just under your name? Yeah, you know what? I think the way to do it is just search me because I'm, okay. I'm still new enough that I really don't know how it works. But I can tell you this. If you need anything done on Fiverr and you want to help the show out at the same time as getting some help for whatever project you're working on, tinyurl.com slash bbfiverr, but with just the one R, Fiverr, how it's normally spelled, will take you to Fiverr through our affiliate account where you will help out the show by hiring artists and uh, technicians to help out with whatever project you got going. Then, if you need a voiceover or somebody to tweet out some info about whatever you're doing, you can go and search for me and Bobby on there and we'll do that as well. Right. Yeah. All right. I'll tell you what, I use Fiverr a lot. I've bought a book cover from there. I've got voiceover work done before. I'm going to actually order Jeremy to do a uh, upcoming uh, voice work for me for my book, my second book. I've already got one for Pin Me Pay We, but I, I'll get another one. Uh, Jeremy and I talk off there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that and um, just helping each other out and also helping the show out, guys. What was that? tinyurl.com backslash BB Fiverr, and that's the affiliate account to help the program out a little bit. Appreciate that. Yep. Good looking out, Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. It's like when I was starting into podcasting, I used Fiverr all the time to get music written, to get graphics done. Um, you know, of course, I made a lot more money back then and could do that. But it's a great place to to find talent 
at you know free market rates um you know don't go there to just be a cheap ass go there to let the job price itself and get good quality work i can tell you yeah. that yeah because <clears throat> you are going to get guys from pakistan and other parts of the world where five bucks is a lot of money and you're going to get shit work out of it so yeah not that, I always yeah not always good pay work a little bit extra yeah not that good work doesn't come out of pakistan it's just i've seen a lot of scammy shit out yeah. of out of asia so anyhow let's move on to number eight Randy yeah, who you got? Or- Randy Orton. Okay, Randy Orton. Very smooth, man. Very smooth. And I know he was a high school uh, wrestling champion, I think, in Kansas and Missouri, the Kansas City area. Um, you know, he just – just uh, Third-generation wrestler. I guess he's now calling out The Rock for uh, who's the better of the third-generation wrestlers. But he had Bob Orton Sr. and Bob Orton Jr., who was always one of my favorites when I was growing up. I love Bobby Orton Jr., man. I, but Orton, man, Randy just looks so smooth when he does stuff. Uh, just the way he paces himself. and He's got that big, lean body, strong, stronger what he looks like, and uh, just makes everything look really just puts it all together technically, technically and smoothness. It just, it, it, he just really deserves to be on this list. Uh, Randy Orton. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Randy, you know what? Um, he has taken Diamond Dallas Page's uh, Diamond Cutter and kind of elevated that move. And I always loved it when DDP did it. Yeah. But Randy Orton is such a good mover in the ring. That, and I know it's a quote out of nowhere, but... Yeah, he can literally hit you with that move from any point at any time from any position, and that's pretty yeah. pretty impressive. It sure is, sure is. I think you also liked his kick, didn't you? Oh, I loved. Yeah, I forgot all about <laughs> that. Yeah, his career-ending head punt. I mean, it's it's lost some of its funniness now, but that was. I mean, that looked just meaner than shit when he pulled that. It sure off. did, man. Yeah. It sure did. So, man, let's move on to number seven. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of background here. This is from Tex. Tex is about this person says, he could mat wrestle or bra, but nobody ever bumped better than Mr. Perfect. And I don't care if you do holds or counters and holds is the meaning of technical wrestling. Anyone making the artist believe what your opponent is doing is devastating as a technique, often lost to 15 false finishes, and that's none other than Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, and I think he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, bump taker of all time, uh, the way he did stuff, but also he was a hell of a good wrestler, uh, Matt wrestler, uh, from amateur all the way up to professional level. Uh, another Minnesota guy there, Jeremy. What do you think about coming at number seven, Kurt Henning? Well, Kurt Henning is in one of my all-time favorite matches. Uh, like you pointed out there, another Robbinsdale, Minnesota guy. Longtime AWA guy. The first time I saw Kurt Henning wrestle, he was tag team partners with Big Scott Hall when he still had uh, Magnum TA hair. The match that I remember most was on, when I saw it, it was a New Year's Eve on ESPN when I was a kid. And it was Kurt Henning versus Nick Bockwinkle for an hour to a draw. Wow. For the AWA. I mean, it's it's a little bit slow now if you go back and watch it. But if you want to see great rest holds and technical wrestling, it's also the first time... I'd ever seen a pro wrestler use the Indian Deathlock in a match. Nice. Nice, man. That match is on YouTube, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I believe that's where I saw it last was on YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so. Kurt Henning was fantastic. I mean, I don't remember if his grandfather was a wrestler, but his father was Larry the Axe Henning. Definitely, you know, a star in his day. Kurt Henning is, I mean, there is nobody else who could be called Mr. Perfect and deserve it quite as much as he did. 
I agree with that, man. He was a hell of an athlete. Hell of an athlete. They some of those, they some of those takes they did were one takes. Yeah, number uh, seven, Kurt Henning. Let's go on to number six. This is someone I had the privilege of being in the ring with also. I think this guy's a tremendous, talented guy. You can call him Steve or William Regal. Just I got to be around him in WCW. Man, William Regal is just so smooth, uh, great English style. I, I was doing some uh, tag matches with uh, with them, him and uh, uh, Dave Taylor. And um, man, it was just uh, just like being in a ring with yourself. You're just it's just like you just guide around and move around. And and a guy has so much wrestling ability and knowledge too. And uh, also he's got a really good book. It's called Walking a Golden Mile because he's one of them guys from over in England that broke in at the age of like 16. I enjoyed that book. I read it a couple of uh, uh, summers ago. I know I know you can get it on a download for about $3, but if you go to tinyurl.com backslash BB Regal Gold, and it is a good book, folks. It really is. You can get that book uh, using that tinyurl.com backslash BB Regal Gold. I'll let Jeremy finish you up about how much that book may cost in print and also some of his comments about uh, Mr. William Regal. Well, yeah, the last time I looked up that book, which was last Sunday when we were talking about it, it was like $900 in print. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's still the case this week, but it definitely was last week. <laughs> William Regal, Steve Regal, uh, Darren Kenneth Matthews, so to speak. He's one of those guys that when he was like 25, he looked 50. But yeah. <laughs> he he is, you know, I'm going to give him technical proficiency, not only is at wrestling, but at playing his character. Because when, oh, yeah. when he came out to the ring, or when he comes out to the ring, he looks at the audience with such disdain that even the first time you watch him wrestle, you fucking hate him before he even gets through the ropes. <laughs> that is technical yeah. proficiency right there. But then he gets in the ring, and he is 100% go from start to finish. Yeah. That guy yeah. wrestles in that European style, which is a little more catch-influenced, looks a little, looks a little yeah. rougher, and... Bobby, you you worked with him, but I mean, he looks like he plays pretty fucking stiff all the time. Oh, uh, he's he he's one of the guys that just is really snug. Yeah. You know, I don't. Uh, he just really snug in a good way. Uh, he'll tell you, you know, he'll put the forearm across the meatiest part of your body if it does a forearm across the chest or across the back. But he's going to lay it in there, you know, and I respect that so much. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I don't know that I've ever seen William Regal have a bad match. If they're out there, you know, that a lot of his matches. And uh, if you're a young and up-and-come wrestler, watch him. Watch his facial expressions when he does sell. Watch when he is on the attack. You know, his, he, his character was him. Everything was so solid. Like I said, I caught more not stiff i caught just you know just that solid work rate and and lay it in there and make it look good mm-hmm. and uh, just so smooth doing it too though just just the transitions of going back and forth and uh that whole european style man is just uh, i really like that style i like working with a lot of those guys i was uh, you know just being trained by the malenkos i guess and, and getting to travel to some of the countries i got to travel to because uh, i did get to travel to england i was over there for i don't know 30 32 days something like that at one point and uh, work with some of those guys and man just to pick up that kind of style is really good william regal's top of that list man i really have a lot of respect for him oh yeah and then if you want to see this guy could wrestle wrestle like do those single leg pickups and those come behinds and turnarounds and Stuff that you really don't see a lot of anymore. Yeah. Nice chain movement. But he can also brawl. And if you want to see that, go watch any match with him and Fit Finley. There you go. Yeah. And those guys, I mean, they're not, I mean, they're not trying to kill each other, but they're laying those punches in. They're laying the punches. Um, Also, Bobby, did you know you and William Regal have something in common? 
No, what's that? Yeah, you both took Bill Goldberg off his feet. Oh, that's right. You're right about that. I did, yeah. yeah. You're right. Uh, man, i tell you one of the better Regal stories, too, is uh, Robbie Brooks, I was telling me, uh, when I saw him over in England, and he's now one of the coaches down there at the uh, Performance Center, and I know Regal still works for uh, WWE as well. They were at the power plant, and I wasn't there, but this I've heard this uh, from firsthand, and then a couple other people told me, too, was uh, – Apparently, Robbie Brookside and William Regal got in a ring one day down at the power plant and were working out. And they were they went about 45 minutes, and everyone that was there thought they was in there shooting on each other. They just was in there working out. They There's in and out, countering holds, forearms, uh, go-behinds, like you said, every little thing. And uh, I don't think they – Robbie said they didn't even speak. They just knew each other so well. That's probably both, you know, 10 or 12 years into career at that time, may, maybe even 15 years. I don't know. But, uh, man, they, they apparently just went there and was going to do a workout to get a sweat going. And some of the other boys, younger boys from the power plant, started, like, gathering around the ring thinking they was in there shooting. They ended up doing, like, 45 minutes of just in and outs and, and forearms and slams and go-behinds and every little thing you can imagine. And I guess they just put on a fucking wrestling clinic that day. And I thought that was pretty cool that I heard that story. So I wish I could have seen it. But uh, knowing how both those guys work and even the Fit Finleys, uh, uh, man, I can, I can only imagine, you know, how good it was. Oh, so. yeah. And there's, you know, the, that English or UK style, I guess is what you'd call it, because the Irish are the same way. But they, they train rough. They train legit catch wrestling. I mean, I'm not saying that American wrestlers don't, but, I mean, they still train some crazy pickups and turnarounds and like we talked about oh, yeah. the arm bar to stepping on the back of the knee to put them down and yes you know little technical moves that are kind of lost now in american wrestling but i bet we'll see again soon but those guys over there they just they train in that way and the way they like that european uppercut i can tell you if you forearm somebody under their chin like that you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna knock them the fuck out eventually so i mean that's there's just some moves that are just nasty that are very particular to the UK. Just it looks realistic. It looks like you're going to shit your pants if they get a hold of you. <laughs> yeah, them forearms. The receiving yep. end of them. The receiving end of them. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we're getting ready to get into our top five. So real quickly here, number ten was uh, Bob Backlund. Number nine, Eddie Guerrero. Number eight, Randy Orton. Number seven, Kurt Henning. Six was William Regal, as you just heard. Before I give you number five, Jeremy, I know you've got a red one. I know Texas got a blue one. And I wait for someone to gift me mine, and that is the Pin Me, Pay Me Bobby Blaze T-shirt because that's a different one than the one I've had that I've sold for years. This comes through another company. So if you want to help out the program a little bit, these T-shirts are about 20 bucks. The show gets a small percentage of a kickback from that, and uh, hopefully somebody will go to Tex, somebody will go to Jeremy, somebody will go to me. But we're going to put it right back in the pot towards uh, our co-hosting fees and, and hosting fees and things like that. But if you want one of those T-shirts, uh, I know there's some pictures floating around, maybe Jeremy me have put one up this week i know tex has one i'll see if he'll put one up of them wearing them it's the uh pin me pay me bobby blaze t-shirt you can go to tinyurl.com backslash pin me shirt and they're really nice shirts i've yet to get one but i'm going to um i've just got a lot of other stuff going on folks believe that but uh and i'm not bitching moaning and complaining i'm just telling you the truth but tinyurl.com backslash pin me shirt and you can get you a pin me pay me bobby blaze t-shirt and i think they look really really nice get you one <laughs> yeah it's you know it's a great design that um that tex put together for us like right when we were first starting to talk to Tex, he hit us yeah. up and he's like, Hey, I've got these designs I did and I've got this idea for a YouTube page that I'd like to do as a fan. And that's how that relationship with us started. Now we all got yep. each other's phone numbers and we all speak fairly frequently, but yes, 
Um, it's a nice looking shirt. You should go check it out. And if you like it, you should buy one. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, let's get into our top five here. I know time-wise, Jeremy, we're doing all right today. I think we went a little bit uh, – we're about 50 minutes into our podcast here, so bear with us. Uh, we always try to keep it uh, a respectable time, but, of course, we try to pass on a lot of knowledge and have fun during the podcast as well. Number five, all right, you was talking earlier about English style. We was talking about how uh, doing a catch and catch can wrestling. Uh, this next guy right here, he attended a fabled uh, snake pit, started with the legendary Billy Wright. Uh, he's a wrestler, a catch wrestler, a tough guy. He had been to Japan a lot. His name is Billy Robinson. He's in the Hall of Fame from the Wrestle Observer in 1996. He's in the International Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about him other than I know he was tough because I know him and Gotch uh, had some matches in Japan. I know he held his own there, to, you know, and I know that they also had a little argument that uh, was straightened out, and apparently that was, uh, you know, Gotch was like, okay, here's where it's going to be, and it's like, okay, you're right, you know, kind of thing, because uh-huh. he is fucking Carl Gotch. But uh, there's some matches on YouTube of him and uh, Marty Jones and him and Johnny Saint. And what's funny was last week I couldn't think of it until I got right to this point of the podcast when I had Johnny Saint on my notes. Someone about six months ago, a fan, sent me um, uh, some YouTube footage and asked me if I'd seen this guy. And it was actually of Johnny Saint. And who is he working? Billy Robinson. So I, I watched that here about six months ago, sent in by a fan. So I appreciate that. They sent it to me on my uh, Twitter feed there. And anyway, uh, Billy Robinson, what do, you, what, do you, what do you got for us? Well, Billy Robinson was actually at the Snake Pit for eight years. And the Snake Ooh. Pit was such a brutal training uh, facility, they didn't even have a toilet. If you had to go to the bathroom, you either needed to run outside or you had to hold it until the training was done you know they did not countenance weakness of any kind there i mean they and it's like the sink pit was here in florida they'd send you yeah. back out of there broken naked and bleeding if you, <laughs> if you flinched at all trained over there and uh toured you know the uk and europe for quite some time he held let's see the uh the british title uh i believe in 67 to 70 and that's when he went to America. It was in 1970 where he joined Vern Gagne's AWA. And I'm going to say this again, but for our younger younger audience members, you don't remember when the AWA was actually, it was them and the NWA were the two premier worldwide wrestling organizations. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we've grown up at AWA and NWA meant something, guys. Yeah. And, sure did. Uh, so right, you know, so right when he gets here, Vern Gagne hires him, and I brought it up when talking about Vern earlier. Vern had a reputation for hiring the real guys, the the legit wrestling guys, like guys who were technically proficient and and just studs. While he was there, uh, Billy held the AWA British Empire Heavyweight Champion, which he defended in Canada and the United States. Um, He was in that movie, The Wrestler, that uh, Ed Ed Asner, Vern Gagne, and those guys had made. Yeah, uh, he defeated Dino Bravo for the internet international championship, which I believe was the uh, the Grand Prix, the Grand Prix title up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he also held the tag team championships with uh, Pierre Mad Dog Lefevre, and he wrestled to a sixty minute time limit draw against Bob Backlund in nineteen eighty two in Montreal. Nice, nice. I just saw a clip. Uh, Shane Storm uh, tagged me in a clip. It was from a wrestling camp, and uh, it said, thanks to Bobby Blaze, I can do this. But who it was, it was at a wrestling camp, and it was Billy Robinson. And he took a guy by the arm, and he did a big wizard, and he shot his leg up and did a Cornish hype. And, man, I tell you, when I learned that, Dalt Malenko is one of the neatest things I ever learned. You do a wizard where you hook a guy's arm, and you can't really go anywhere, and you take and you kick your leg back across his thighs. And uh, he really has no choice but to go down on that. 
and uh, several people commented on it with someone else's uh, uh, Twitter they sent me, and I was just like, it was really nice, man. It was it was a beautiful execution of moves and stuff, and them guys just knew how to do stuff so good. So if you ever go online and find some stuff of Billy Robinson, uh, it's well worth your time, especially if you like uh, wrestling and to catch wrestling. And again, kind of go back to the William Regal thing. Deceased one, if they got a brawl, they'll brawl. They'll lay it in there too, man. And uh, good good choice there for number five. I know number four, and I'm gonna let you introduce number four because man, this is it's someone you know. I know you love. There is a guy who was such a great villain that I think he deserves points just for that, but he never wrestled the same match twice. He was a four-time AWA world champion, a three-time AWA world tag team champion, and that is Nick Bockwinkle. Man, great choice. Great choice. I mean, we first started our program. You and I had our deal. We was going to set it up to between, you know, who's the greatest wrestler of all time, him or the nature boy, Ric Flair. And by the end of the conversation, like, fuck, you convinced me, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bach Winkle's the man, you know. And, uh, yeah, and I, I, had, I said this last week. I was be redundant. I've mentioned it before. Uh, about two years ago, I went into, just got on YouTube and did a bunch of Nick Bach Winkle matches, uh, you know, all day just watch Bach Winkle when it's wintertime, it's cold. And I was sitting here just watching. I like all days watching Bachwinkle matches. That's for Jeremy and I. Actually, right around the time Jeremy and I started talking, and uh, then come to find out he's a Bachwinkle fan. You know that uh, adds to it. And then we, when we was discussing, it, it's like I don't know if you find a flaw wrong with the guy. He had these great interviews, and I know we're talking technical wrestling though. But he had that great body, but that's just it. He could wrestle and work, too. And like Jeremy said, you don't think he ever had the same match twice because he probably knew two or three moves. He had everyone else playing checkers. He in there playing chess. He's three or five moves ahead of everyone else already on the mat or in anything else he was doing in the ring. Yeah. Ring general, you will. No, he was fantastic to watch. I mean, you know, and he might have been a little bit slower compared to today's matches. But if you want to see just out-and-out technical proficiency, there, you know, there's this thing. Uh, they say that Nick read the dictionary and thesaurus to pick out words that he could talk over the audience's head with. I have to think there was also a book of wrestling holds somewhere that he read to pick out two or three new moves a week that just yeah. nobody else would ever use. Because, like I said, the first time I ever saw an Indian deathlock in a match was Nick Bockwinkle who just suddenly busted it onto Kurt Henning. And I was like, <laughs> I don't even know what that one's called. And I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty familiar with most pro wrestling holds. Yeah. Good deal, man. Um, yeah. He was trained by his father, who was also a pro wrestler, Warren Bockwinkle and Lou Thez. That was after he had attended uh, University of Oklahoma on a football scholarship, but banged up his knee and then uh, had to go in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah, he was very well educated. I think he graduated from UCLA eventually, didn't he? I believe, I believe so. I do know he's yeah. in an episode of The Monkees. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, Good-looking man, too. Good-looking man. All right, you want to move on to number three here? Yeah, let's go on to number three. Okay, well, this is the man I put at number three. Uh, now, let me say this. We talked about this briefly last week. We could have put this man at number four and Bockwinkle at number three. We had the same option when we recorded today. We decided not to do it. It just flowed better. Also, when I mentioned Dory Funk Jr. earlier, this is who I picked over him. I'll go with, again, including our man down in the boiler room. Uh, Tech said, I loved watching his old matches and totally get into the slow build up 
up of the drama in them. A simple high spot could mean so much. To this day, I pop when someone reverses over wrist lock and step to the back of his opponent's knee into the arm bar. And you mentioned that earlier about Regal. This is uh, He was an NWA champion with Jack Briscoe. So I'm putting NWA champion Jack Briscoe. He was an uh, all-American wrestler. He went to uh, Oklahoma, I think, a Native American, and uh, a great NWA champion, a great technical wrestler. Uh, well, any any Briscoe could go on this list, absolutely. Jack Briscoe, um, he is one of only two sets of brothers to hold the NWA title. Bobby, the other one being another favorite of yours, uh, Dory and um, Terry Funk. Nice. Uh, Jack, uh, let's see, Jack, yeah, where did he go to school? It was in Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so another, you know, <clears throat> another Oklahoma State person who went, went on to a huge wrestling career. NCAA uh, championship, I'm pretty sure. Yep, think and, so. And also quit the business in the coolest way I've ever heard of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I what I heard was, I guess, and they, uh, down there in Tampa, they had Briscoe's uh, Body Shop. And when I was training, I'd hear their ads during the Tampa Bay uh, football game sometimes. And I, and I knew where it was at. I, of course, I didn't drive by there or anything. Uh, but uh, sometimes, uh, you know, just that serves as a memory. What I heard was, uh, so I had a body shop, and I guess they had other business ventures and, and probably stuck a thumb in a business here or there. But I guess they got off an airplane. Uh, they flew into, like, JFK, where it's, I don't know, they flew from Tampa. Tampa, if they flew from another town or where they flew in from, but apparently they was walking across the tarmac and he just looked at his brother and said, that's it. I'm going home. And he went in and he's like, I guess it was uh, uh, Jerry and a couple other people were there and he said, I'm going home. I've had enough and walked across the tarmac with them, got off one plane, walked across the tarmac, went into the you know airport and got on a, you know, booked himself on another flight and went, went, went to Tampa and, and didn't look back, you know, uh, he was just done. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a pretty cool way to walk away from it. Yeah. If you got to quit, that's quitting in style right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I guess they came in from one town and, um, they was heading to another and he said, yeah, I'm, I've had enough. I'm heading to Tampa. <laughs> so, all right. Anything else about Mr. Briscoe? Well, it's just, you know, for the younger, younger people watching it again, I'm going to say this a lot about these older guys. It may be a different from pace than you're used to right yeah. but but go watch a jack briscoe match just for the technical ability you know this is look yeah. guys didn't jump up in the air a whole lot a, a jump kick during his career or a drop kick was still kind of a special move so yeah it's, it's going to be a different pace um but go check out a jack briscoe match and he's i mean i'd put him up there with with race with bockwinkle with flair i mean any of those guys yeah, you know, like just, you said, that NWA and AWA, those territories and those titles, they really meant something back in the day for the guy that had that strap around their waist. So, yeah. Hey, Bobby, I hear not only do you have a podcast about pro wrestling, but you've written a couple books. Why don't you tell us about them? Oh, yes, I have. I've written a couple books, man. i tell you what. I've got uh, Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Booth, Will Travel. Um, both of these books are available on Amazon, but I'm going to tell you a way you can get my books. With Christmas season coming up, if you have already have a copy, get one for the wrestling fan or the wrestling fan in your family, the wrestling friend that you know hasn't read this book yet. Get them their own copy. Uh, you can go to Amazon and get them. You can download it on Kindle. But what you can also do, if you want Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boostful Travel, you can go to tinyurl 
dot com backslash blaze book one really simple and also uh, i get a smile on my face because i get to sell a book i get a little kickback that away jeremy gets a little smile on her face because the program uh podcast gets a little bit kicked back that away and it keeps our hosting fees down to a minimum so we can bring you the show if not every week at least every other week <laughs> as we mentioned my second book i kicked out on two the educational wrestler you can get that at tinyurl.com backslash blaze book two. And I just say this real quickly. Um, I, I do check on the reviews. I appreciate the reviews. I'm going to give you the segue there, Jeremy, for the podcast review. But if you go to tinyurl.com backslash blaze book one, you can get pin me, pay me. If you want, uh, I kicked out on two, go to tinyurl.com backslash blaze book two. And I just got two reviews this past week and I do appreciate them. Um, someone had something really nice to say about one of my books and gave me a real nice five star review. The other one was a real nice three star review. But again, I mentioned this last week. I just mentioned really getting brief because redundant here, but uh, I read her three uh, star review and I thought, what in the world? I'd buy this book. It was a great review. And I looked, the guy had uh, two other wrestling books and, and like a Black and Decker uh, dr drill or something. And he left three, three uh, star reviews on them, but he wrote up a really nice review. And I thought, fuck, I'd buy that, you know, but he was hard the way he judged them, I guess, on his stars. He just didn't give out five stars he won. But you know what? I appreciate any review. Um, so I got 103 reviews on, um, Pin me, pay me. I think everyone that has left review. I don't comment on those. I read them and I appreciate them. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent. I, I, the reviews help authors sell books. And then I got 20 reviews and I kicked out on two now and I appreciate that. And Jeremy, how can I uh, maybe leave a review for, or leave a review or rate this program? Well, anywhere you listen to us, whether it's on iTunes or any, uh, any, uh, pod facility, um, you know, there's a bunch of different places to catch us now. I believe we're on Spotify. We're on uh, iHeartRadio, I'm pretty sure. But yep. where, wherever you find us, and, and you should have the ability to both rate and review, please, if you enjoy the show, leave a five-star review. That will make it easier for other wrestling fans who would enjoy the show to find us. But also, if you have something nice to say about us, go ahead and leave a, uh, a review as well as a rating. You know, And if there's something that we're doing that's bothering you, Feel free to leave that in there. We'll address it in one way or another. But also, if you catch us on YouTube, please subscribe, hit the bell so that way you get a notification when a new video comes up, and leave stuff in the comments. I am trying to get more active in the commenting section. I come up as, I believe, just under my name, Jeremy Vilmer, because Tex actually hosts the show. So when you see from Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze on YouTube, it's Tex who puts it up, and then if I respond, it'll be under my own name. Yeah, that's but, good. Yeah. Good stuff. Please rate, review, uh, subscribe, share with your friends. Get out there. If you know a wrestling fan, tell them about this show. Tell them about Bobby's book. Tell them about how Bobby is one of only two people to take Bill Goldberg off his feet in a wrestling <laughs> ring. Um, you know, and then uh, help out the show because we enjoy doing this and we hope you enjoy listening to it. Uh, yes, that's right. Well, let's finish up here. We got a, a number two and number one. Uh, I'll read something real quickly from Tex once again. I conclude him in his podcast. He wrote us some good notes. Uh, he put, I don't know of anyone who uh, blended amateur and professional wrestling together any better. He had a technical skill and an innate ability to entertain like no other. What fucking he used that entertain word. Huh? Yeah, what? Well, Tex? Well, anyway. Well, all right. Okay. No, I agree with him. This guy, man, uh, Olympic wrestling champion, Olympic gold, Kurt Angle, man. What a great technical wrestler. 
but man, did he ever learn to turn it into those suplexes and turn it into the, the professional style that we love to, so much today. Um, I did, man, I don't know what I what more I could say about Kurt Angle, man. He just uh, technical skill is there, you know, no doubt. Well, his technical skill was there. He was a suplex machine. Yes. He wrestled with a broken neck. Um, I mean, he, he had a level of intensity very few people can match. But, I mean, just his, his in-ring proficiency was outstanding. There is a thing I want to point out here that you and, um, oh, Dan Severn, you guys had a match where it was very much styled after a, uh, like a UFC-style match. Yes. And then in five to ten years later, uh, Angle and Samoa Joe did very much the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that was, I mean, it was kind of cool to see the different different types of throws and walks that could be done in that in that way. You know, the low leg kicks, kind of like the side snap mare, things like that were kind of cool to see how they could be done in different ways. Um, but I really say you and Dan Severn pioneered that style of quote unquote pro wrestling match. But Kurt Angle did it and it looked pretty good doing it as well. Kurt oh Angle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt I Angle, appreciate that. Mm-hmm. It. As I mentioned with the Severin interview, when we did that, um, and that's available on YouTube also at the YouTube channel, uh, BB video there, BBBB video. But yeah, we both talked about that. It's, we blended a really good style together with the, the kind of UFC, MMA and the wrestling all, you know, pro style together with the suplexes, the kicks, basically kick suplexes and submissions. And I used to do that sometimes on Sundays down at Malenko's, uh, you know, just, just to stay in shape and also get my ass whipped a little bit, but also the tough my ass up a little bit you know but uh kick suplex and submissions and it's um uh i i tell you I, i'm loved that i got that experience of course angles on a whole different level as was severin but uh, angle done it with Smo and joe and I, I think that was when it was the tna or whatever one of their pay-per-views or or whatever it was wasn't that correct or impact or i can't well, remember it was, what it was. it was still it was still tna at the time i'm pretty okay, sure TNA, okay that's what i thought yeah. too tna but i know they did it and it's 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 uh you just gotta go in there and bust your ass that's what you gotta do man um have some kind of gentleman's agreement that you know what it's business only but uh you know, we're going to go at it. But, yeah, Kurt Angle, man, very, very uh, technical, very, very aggressive suplex machine. Again, that's, you know, he could have easily been number one. Uh, any of these guys could have been number one. We get up here in these top, you know, three and four and fives, man. Any of them could be number one. Um, but, anyway, anything else to say about Kurt Angle? Uh, no, he was just – he was a hell of a technician in the ring. I mean, he really left it all out there for us. Uh, when we watched him, um, yeah, I just, you know, great career, great wrestler, great technician, you know, I, you know, if, if it weren't for who is number one, yeah, you're right. He could be a number one. Yeah. And that's why I was going to say, people are probably going to be surprised as who we put as number one. But then again, you might not be. We had several lists. Let me say this, uh, because it's been a couple of weeks and the tweets just keep on coming and going. I had about five people send in uh, a list of 10 and, uh, some of these guys, you got about 50 or 60% of, of them all had several of these guys on here. So this was a blend of Jeremy, a blend of uh, Tex, a blend of me, and a blend of you to fans. But uh, the one we selected to be number one, and I have no qualms about putting it because I do feel this way, man. The, the number one greatest technical wrestler of all time in my book is Dean Malenko. Dean the Machine, the, the, the man of a thousand and one holes, man. I mean, Dean could just go. He could wrestle, uh, samba, uh, uh, amateur wrestling, technical. Uh, he trained and trained people and taught people uh, from stage one through, you know, all the way to the end of the career, uh, gave advice, still working in a wrestling profession. Uh, 
just a just a great trainer and um man he could just go uh his brother could go uh jody could go uh jody was more of a shooter and a good technician as well but dean dean uh he just knew how to put that performance together as far as um getting in that ring and just being aggressive and and have that stare and and be going in and out of uh moves and holes and and putting the psychology behind the matches and stuff dean is the man um to me uh, Dean Malenko is a guy I declared him and one other person be the future of pro wrestling. I sure wish they had given him a manager. I know managers were no longer really in vogue starting around that time, but if somebody else had been running that microphone and you could just let him do all his talking in the ring, yep, that could have been huge. Yes. Huge. Um, you know, I, I even, I work with a guy who listens to us frequently and we, you know, he, he watched pro wrestling in like the last 10 years, but nothing really before that. Not really familiar with a whole lot of stuff before that. But when we first started talking about this, I just asked him, I go, who would you say is the greatest technical wrestler? He goes, Dean Malenko. It's not even a question, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. So, I mean, he's out there to the point where people who only kind of remember seeing him wrestle, even, yeah. even they know that, um, off the, uh, fireman's carry into the gut buster move, that thing oh, was incredible. God. Yeah, he was so strong. People don't realize how strong Dean was. He has he had he was also one of those guys that had tendon and ligament strength. We talk about sometimes. Mm-hmm. He he had that, and to pick a guy up over your head and drop him down across your your knee like that takes a lot of strength, a lot of coordination, a lot of timing. He had all those things. Uh, Dean was just one of those guys that just uh, I don't think there was anything he couldn't do in a ring. Um, he had fun in the ring a lot of times. He looked all dead serious, of course, with that you know ice. The ice man glare stare, you know, but, uh, Dean was just a, a fun guy to be around in the back. He'd laugh and joke and, uh, quick wit, turn a phrase, uh, all those things. Just in a good, good hearted dude, uh, training down there, you know, I saw him help so many other people. Um, I remember getting in a ring with Dean. Uh, I'd probably, I'd been there like four months and, and, uh, Professor Malenko asked Dean to come in and start helping some of the guys. And Dean was showing me something. A guy just kind of kicked me in the, in the jaw for like a high knee. And Dean come in and I kind of flinched away. And Dean goes, look, Bobby. Um, and I had known him for like three months at this point. I'd been down there about four, but I knew him about three. And he said, Bobby, I'm the least person in this ring you ever need to be worried about. And I, he bent me over, uh, gave me a little bit of a knee and showed me, walked, showing the other guy, said, here's what you do. You place off your steps and this and that. All the guys I seen him and his brother and his dad train, I never saw saw them take advantage of anyone, liberties of anyone, hurt anyone. They took their time and they coached them and taught them and myself included like that. And Dean was so smooth at doing that and so uh, instrumental in, in how he would say, uh, let me show you a better way. Let me show you an easier way. Let me show you a faster way. Uh, he just had that mind that, that worked like that, man. And he could get you there. Like you want to do this, you know, fireman carry into, you know, across the knee or whatever he could show you, uh, and, and again, he had, I think Hiro Matsuda uh, had helped him. He was his high school coach. He helped him train. Of course, he had, uh, he was around his brother some, uh, a lot. Uh, he was around Gotch some. Uh, he was around his dad. He saw the business, uh, from a young man, you know, growing up and stuff. But he was kind of, uh, he told me he kind of just self taught himself. He didn't want to do, uh, the shoot style all the time and he didn't want to do the, uh, uh, theatrical stuff all the time. He just kind of blended together, um, cause he, you know, he said his dad just poke you in the eyes or whatever, you know, on his comeback or something. But, uh, so he could blend it all together, man. And, uh, Dean is number one on this list. And, uh, that's all I'm going to say about Dean Malenko. He's just number one on the list for most 
technical wrestler of all time. Cloverleaf, that was a very inventive uh, style hold, you know, kind of a spin on a figure four and a, well, a reverse figure four. Yeah. And the Scorpion Deathlock. It looked a little more impressive with the way he put it on. Kim, Jericho, and Benoit, when they'd use like the Boston Crab, that's really when it looked like it hurt. But yeah, Malenko could also suplex like a son of a bitch. Honestly, on this list, Jody Malenko, Boris Malenko could have been on here as well. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, not a problem. It's, it is sometimes hard to get this list down to 10. Yeah. Um, you know, and guys, I, I know there's some people we left off. And if you want to complain, feel free. Oh, absolutely, man. Hit us up. Hit me up on Twitter at BobbyBlaze744. Hit Jeremy up at the Geekus Cast, or hit our joint account up at uh, Bell to Bell Blaze. That's all on Twitter. There's a Facebook page out there. Also, we mentioned a YouTube channel at uh, tinyurl.com backslash BBBBVideo. And uh, get a hold of us, man. Let us know what you think. You can use the hashtag BBBB if you want to, or you just write us, man, and we'll comment back. I'm more active on Twitter than anything else. I'd love to hear about hear from you what you thought about our list and uh sorry about the delay on this week's podcast uh the other one just didn't didn't take and i think this one you know we might have went about five minutes over 10 minutes i'm not really sure i quit watching the clock because once we started talking about angle and, and malenko there it's kind of you know let's go katie bar the doors if you will we're mm-hmm. gonna let go of those guys because we think so much of and how talented they are jeremy i'm just going to say for i let you close out the show man it's good to hear your voice again i hope all this recorded this week wrestling fans thanks for being wrestling fans and there's a lot of good programming out there right now that is like pro wrestling so go out there and enjoy it man you're a fan for a reason and this week here like i said when i watched that nwa pro and i wrote this back to a couple people on twitter it made me glad to be a wrestling fan it really did it done my heart some good to see that so listen folks out there take care of each other be kind to each other man and just uh, uh have a great week and i hope you enjoyed the podcast uh, yeah, thank you, Bobby. That was a great way to close out. Yeah, it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan for the first time in 20 years almost. We yeah. have options. I mean, yeah, there were like indie places, but now we have some mainstream options. And overnight, it happened again. Pro wrestling went from being a joke to being cool. Yep. Uh, overnight, it happened. And uh, it's an awesome time to be into it. The NWA title means something now. The AEW title will hopefully get up to a point where it means a little something. Uh, Bobby is correct. If you guys can get down to Georgia, you need to figure out when they're taping those NWA shows and see if you can get on there somehow. There are venues to go work now, guys. More of them. Bigger, yep. bigger profile. Go check them out. It's it's time to you know time to fucking double down on this. But you know don't forget your local indie guys who've been out there promoting the whole time either. They need some love too. All right, everybody, for Bobby Blaze and for myself, Professor Jeremy Vilmer. Bye bye, everybody.